Hi, and welcome to episode Lucas Giolito threw a no-hitter of the Baseball From Home podcast. We're not putting a number on it. I guess we could put 27 on it, but that's going to confuse people a few weeks from now. Lucas Giolito threw the 19th no-hitter in White Sox franchise history. And we're going to talk about it for a couple minutes in a special episode of the Baseball From Home podcast. I'm Connor McKnight. He's Joe Brand. I covered baseball for radio stations for a decade, and Joe calls games in the minor leagues. I think that's how the intro goes. It doesn't matter. Lucas Giolito threw a no-hitter. He threw a no-hitter. He was fantastic. I'm so happy for the guy. I, I'm. He's just, from where he's come, from being the AL's worst pitcher, maybe baseball's worst pitcher, to throwing a no-hitter and being the ace, like literally being the ace of a team that's likely to make the playoffs, that's going to make the playoffs, and he's starting game one of a series. Like, this is exactly how the White Sox hoped a rebuild would begin to turn and begin to feel when it did. I'll even go a little bit further back. I mean, how about the guy that gets traded away from a team that drafted him in the first round, had all this hype, they didn't see the need to keep him in the organization. Okay, maybe you can make the argument Adam Eaton, they won the World Series as in the Washington Nationals, but still... That's got to hurt you a little bit. Like you said, he comes up to the White Sox. He struggles. Everyone thinks the rebuild is a sham. All of a sudden, he turns it completely 180 last year. And today, clearly you saw peak elite Lucas Giolito, but you saw what Lucas Giolito can be. And you threw out the word special earlier. Jason Benetti mentioned it in the broadcast. There are special plays in special games as to Tim Anderson's play to Abreu with the pick for out number two or three in the seventh inning, whatever it was. There are special games in special seasons. Don't want to look into it too far, but that is a type of game that can prove dividends for a special team. And here we were thinking it was just Jose Abreu hitting six home runs against the Cubs a few days ago. Well, you think about it. So uh, I think you and I are both going to have uh, a couple of confessions here on this special episode of the Baseball from Home Pod. I So tonight was movie night. My girlfriend and I decided to watch a movie. I, I was going to watch the Cubs and White Sox games either like, I don't know, one of them later tonight or something after they had finished, like on the MLB.TV archive. And then I was going to watch the other one tomorrow morning. I hadn't decided which. So the movie ends and I get the pop-up from ESPN, the, the, the score app or whatever. And it just says Lucas Giolito is carrying a no-hitter into the sixth. And I go, oh, God, I got to flip this thing on. Or maybe he's out of the sixth. So I flip it on in the top of the seventh. And I hear Stoney talking about the power outage that they had at the ballpark. And I'm going, what in the name of God is happening there tonight? Like, what, what is happening? So that's how, I, that's how I got into it. I mean, full disclosure, and I make no bones about it. Like, I didn't turn that thing on until the 7th. It was movie night. I was going to do my research for the pod the next morning. I, that's how I saw it. I'm glad you confessed because I was going to just hold it down into my grave with me. I It was haircut night for me. I went over to my mom's and got my hair cut for my aunt, 
and I was planning on just bouncing around the games on her uh, Apple TV, and all of a sudden I saw the moment the White Sox game just shut off, and I'm thinking, oh, okay, Mom's Internet sucks again, so I'll try the other app. And I, I was able to get Marquee, so I ended up watching the Cubs. And then I'm driving home, and I'm bouncing back and forth. But honestly, so what I do is I, I listen to one broadcast, and when it comes to an out, I switch to the other one. And it's just the way that it happened that I was listening to more of the Cubs game than the Sox game. I get home, I throw it on. And I didn't even see anything, but I noticed a difference in the tenacity of Jason's voice. I'm like, hold on a second, something's going on. And then I go on Twitter, and I see all the tweets, and I say, okay, I'm going to close Marquee, I'm going to focus on this, and uh, boy, I'm glad I did. That was that was just that was so much fun. That's one of those things where you remember what you're doing, you remember who you're talking to, you remember how you're feeling. And clearly, that's what was going through Lucas Giolito's mind, too. Well, that, that was a cool part, too, about having that broadcast, specifically Jason and Steve calling that game and everybody getting to watch it and, and only watch that, right? Because nobody's at the park. Nobody's going to have the, you know, nobody but James McCann or other, other people wearing pinstripes or the nominal baseball players on the Pirates were going to say that, that they were there for that game. But it was genuinely cool. Like, I, I think White Sox fans kind of understand at this point, Jason Benetti and Steve Stone, both of them together and independently, have strong relationships with Lucas Giolito. And that's a credit to all three of those guys, but really it's a it's a credit to Lucas Giolito. He's he's a really impressive guy. At least my opinion, he's a he's a really impressive guy. But what what goes like that next kind of step for me, I guess, is something that I've harped on in this podcast in a couple of different instances. The the list of of top prospects who completely rework their mechanics, especially with the height he is, and get back to throwing stuff the way they had elite stuff when they were 19 and 20 years old. I mean, no one does that. Like, period, 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 full stop. No one really does that. He's done it and become one of the AL's best pitchers. It's insane. Well, and I I like the way that Jason kept referencing that too about how it's it's his mind it's his work ethic it's his ability to to be in the moment and then also referencing the fact that James McCann is a reason why he's able to do that and then after he completed it John Morosi tweeted out something I don't know if this is a story he did on him before but he said Giolito is happy so this this is before I mean this is clearly a story from a year ago or whatever oh oh yeah like an archive story yeah I'm excited to put the work in just working smarter finding some things in the gym I was able to hammer out. My body feels right. Blah, blah, blah. A lot of mental stuff. I did. It's called a neurofeedback program where basically they read your brainwaves. You work to build your neural pathways. Everyone is different. I mean, this guy went as deep as he could into his brain to try and just do everything he possibly could to make him a better baseball player. And you're seeing the fact, the result factor of it right now. Very cool to see him just reach the pinnacle of being a pitcher, okay, I guess perfect game, but but still, that was a phenomenal performance. So I'm just reading through Twitter, because uh, we're recording this, I don't know, what is this, like maybe 15 minutes after the game came down? So I, I watched the the post-game interview on the field with Lucas, and it was, you know, he's, he's an interesting dude, and just kind of cool to see him relatively in control of his emotions. Um, not that I hold it against anybody who's thrown in a hitter and then wants to do whatever the hell they want in the post-game interview. Like, you've just done something ridiculous. 
Kerry Wood could barely speak after his, right? Um, after his Tony strikeout game, I should say. Uh, but Lucas just, there he is, like, delivering a, a relatively calm and reasoned, you know, post-game breakdown of what he was up to. Uh, I'm scrolling through Twitter here just to make sure I'm up to date because, you know, this is going to come out in the morning and whatnot. Apparently, Aloy Jimenez did twist his ankle in the celebration. Uh, he Scott Merkin covers the team for MLB.com and writes that it was happening as Aloy was celebrating, walked off under his own power. That's the last he's tweeted about it. So I'll we'll keep an eye on it as we kind of you know finish this thing up. It's just going to be a quick one with Lucas Giolito. I, I honestly didn't see a good angle of it. Well, what we were talking about before we hit record and little pulling the curtain back in, in show business, you're told not to talk about what you're going to talk about to save it. James Fagan of The Athletic tweeted it out, and I hope people followed the directions of might just want to sit back and watch the game for just for that last inning at least. If you do it even more than that, good for you. But just put Twitter away, put the computer away, and just soak it in. And I'm like, you know what, James? You're right. I'm going to do that. So that's what I did. But I'm watching it online, so I am a little bit delayed. So I even put my phone over on the couch so that not only could I not hear it. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. Like, I can't even hear it vibrating because it's on a cushioned area. So I, I'm thinking to myself, I know there's some way I'm going to be notified of it. And I, I'm, I'm doing good. There's two outs, you know, a deep count on that last out. And all of a sudden, on the bottom taskbar, a little red one pops up on my email. I go, okay, there we go. He did it. I know he did it. And then there's a line drive to right field. And I'm like, wait a second. Maybe he didn't. What is this? So th- there was a lot of plot twists. Um, but I thought that was I, I thought James is right, and I hope people remember that the next time. I just think it's a very cool thing to do to just soak in in the moment. Obviously, no fans today, but it always bugged me when fans would do that for no hitters or perfect games where they take out their phone and they film it. Like, okay, yeah, it's great to know that you were there, but nowadays you're gonna get any video way better than the blurry square on your phone. So why not just soak it all in, just live in the moment at that time, and then take some pictures for the celebration after. I'm sure everyone will believe you that you were there. It's it's like people who record fireworks shows. <laughs> I don't... What are we doing? No one is going to... Like, unless you're actually recording the fireworks show for someone who couldn't be there and was like, hey, do you mind recording this fireworks show for me? I don't understand it. Uh, I'm just going through um, some of the notifications that are popping up here. This is from Emily.com. Not only were Giolito's 13 Ks a White Sox record in a no-no or perfect game, he's also the franchise's first to reach double-digit strikeouts in the 19 such games, which I didn't realize. I, I don't remember how many Philip Umber had in his perfect game, but I felt like it was a lot more than that. And, and truth be told, I wasn't watching that game either. I was traveling. I, I was in Houston or something like that. Um this is uh it's really cool to see where this team is right now. It it feels like 
I, I don't want to say that, that it feels like they're the best team in baseball because they're not. The Dodgers still exist, right? Like, there, there are other probably better and deeper and more experienced teams. But there doesn't feel like there's anything this team can't do. You know what I mean? Like, they, they seem able to win any kind of game you ask them to. They have a good enough bullpen, a solid offense. They can out-hit their mistakes. I, I guess if there's one thing they don't do or can't do... It's play elite defense, you know, all the way across the diamond. And even then, the way they've been pitching, you don't need elite defense. You just need a couple of nice plays and Adam Engel and right instead of Omar Mazzara when it's late and close. Yeah, I mean, the only other argument you could possibly make is is maybe a streaky offense, but who doesn't have that? I mean, honestly, even the best teams ever had streaky offenses still, and you never know what you're going to get from them any other night. We've said it a million times. It's the fact of how deep their offense is and how they're able to work counts and take pitches. But, I mean, you never know. Every good team still goes on a, a rough stretch. I know 2005 White Sox fans remember of how the Sox almost coughed up the division in the last couple of weeks. I mean, maybe that little bit of a slow start to the season and Dallas Keuchel giving everybody a kick in the ass was the best thing for this team because they faced a little bit of adversity and they realized, okay, we need to get our stuff together now so that we can get the ball rolling for when it comes time to actually playing some playoff baseball. But again... You're going to have special games like this with special teams. Right now, the White Sox are looking like a special team. Do you think Ricky Renneria would throw Lucas Giolito in front of Dallas Keuchel in a playoff series? No. I guess I guess I don't think he would either. I think he'd still go with, with Lucas, too, the way things are working right now, I, I think. But, you know, obviously, given what this season is, there are no rules, right? So I don't know what the off days would even look like. And hell, you might even get a week canceled toward the end of the season, like we've been talking about for a while before you start your playoff run anyway. But I I don't know. I, I think, you know, this no-hitters, it's it's five weeks, it's six weeks away from, from a playoff run or whatever. But, you know, Lucas Chilito is your one, even though you got Dallas Keuchel to be your one and he's been there before. I... I I don't know who I think Ricky Renneria would throw first in a playoff series, really. I, I, I want to believe he'd throw Keuchel still, only because I, I think I know Ricky. But I, at this point, he can't make a bad choice of those two. That's that's a really interesting question. Um, it, it I, I, I'm sorry to say this, White Sox fans, but it brings me back to, let's see, the 2016 Cubs. Did, did Madden end up going with Arietta in Game 1? In 2016, I know he didn't in, in 2015. 16, yeah, no, in well, in 15, Arietta started the wild card game against the Pirates. Oh, so I'm wrong. Okay, but that's because so, Jake Arietta had one of the best halves of baseball ever. Right, he was unconscious. I mean, Bob Gibson out there, you know, this is completely different. I and who knows, maybe Lucas has a run like that in him. You know what else I find fascinating about about Lucas and his night specifically was, and and, and it kind of speaks to his season as a whole. He doesn't throw a breaking ball all that often anymore. I mean, and you got to remember, when he came up, when he got drafted by the Nationals, it was 99 and a brutal curveball. Like, the kind of curveball that ruins people and haunts their dreams. That doesn't exist. I mean, he has a curveball. He doesn't throw it often. He said uh, at some point last season the slider is kind of his go-to breaking ball, and you saw that a little bit late in the game against the Pirates, but he's 
He's fastball change with superior command. Well, and that's honestly why he regained his dominance, right? I mean, he would, he just simplified everything. It was able to simplify his mechanics a lot more. And, I mean, when you locate that fastball, he mainly works, what, the fastball high, the changeup low, when you're able to hide the ball well enough, and it keeps hitters guessing. I know Steve Stone kept bringing it up. I guess it was Osuna's at bat with one out in the ninth inning. He just kept going slider, yes. slider, slider. And it's like, why not? Why not just keep going with it when you know he can't hit it? Um, very cool. I will also say I, I thought I was happy for Jason Benetti. I think he's been waiting for this type of game to call with this team that, I mean, he's he's kind of part of the rebuild like all these other guys too. So it's, it, yeah. it's cool yeah, to see him have his moment. I don't mean to make this about me, but I've called a perfect game before. There he and, is. And after the game, I went to the pitcher, and I was more nervous than he was. But I said to him, I go, listen, man, I know it's a huge moment for you, and it is. You're the most important person of this whole thing. Don't let anyone tell you otherwise. But for somebody who has no control over what's going on and somebody who waits for this all their life, thank you for doing that for me because now I will never forget this, and I'll never forget you because of it. It's weird. Like, of course, there's a a pitcher-catcher bond, but there's always kind of a pitcher-broadcaster oh, yeah. bond. I mean, everybody remembers Koufax no-hitter that Vince Scully called and says the date and everything like that. So so that was pretty cool. Uh, happy for Jason that he got his moment, too. Who who threw the perfect game? Connor Gray in Clinton, Iowa. He used 100 pitches. He was from St. Bonaventure. Oh, it's a Bonnie. All right. Bonnie, nice. yep. Well, and, and pitchers remember all that stuff, too, right? Like, he might not remember your name, but I damn well guarantee you that he that he remembers talking to you that night, right? Like, well, unless he really celebrated afterward. Maybe he doesn't remember a darn thing. I don't know. Well, no, you know what's cool is uh, one time I was talking about it on another podcast, and I just I said pretty much that same story, and he, yeah. t- and he tweeted at me, and he said, No kidding. I loved your call, Joe. Glad to hear you're doing well. So it's like we still have this weird bond where we haven't talked to each other in years, but it's, it's still something that keeps us together. So, so SoxFest 2042 is going to be Jason Benetti and one of the panels will be Jason Benetti and Lucas Gilito remember Lucas's perfect game one beautiful night in a really messed up season. I don't know if Brooks Boyer would actually title it that. That's probably a bad idea. You probably wanted to come up with a better title for it. But that'll be a panel at SoxFest 2042. Uh, that does it for this very quick, brief, and uh, Lucas Gilito celebratory episode of baseball from home we'll be back with the real podcast thursday morning don't forget uh we're gonna bump it up a day because both teams are off on thursday he's joe i'm connor we'll catch you thursday morning of being upsold at gyms my guy you're currently a base member for 90 dollars more i can upgrade you to our shred membership for 130 more you'll be a swole member and for just 300 more you'll reach sweat platinum at planet fitness you'll get energy without the upsell never pushy always free fitness training and equipment for every workout it's fitness that fits your budget join planet fitness for just one dollar down and ten dollars a month cancel anytime deal ends friday may 10th see home club for details